0: Motherfucker, (laughs) welcome back. Well, first of all, I want to say this episode is brought to you by Headbanger. I got two grams of this shit. Oh, it smells so fucking good, guys. I can't wait to smoke it with you guys today. Oh, it's so good smelling. Uh, Oh, you can kind of see, uh, Rod Serling just standing in the uh, background there. Smoking a fucking cigarette. Because he knows what kind of weirdo alien time we're living in. We submit to you a town where the inhabitants are imprisoned. Not by law, but by a microbe so contagious that the only thing deadlier than it is the fear of it? <sighs> scary time, scary shit. I know I've been doing these episodes talking about lizard dicks and Nibiru fucks. My friend Josh says, "Let me be on the show. I'm gonna ask the questions that a lot of people want to ask you because you can't just jump into it, you know." So that's what we're gonna do today. I'm gonna let him ask me. A simple Q&A. We're going to walk through what I know about Nibiru fucks and lizard dicks. And then how fucking fucked up they are. And how important we are. And things that we may not have considered along the way. So stick around with me and Josh. We'll be right back, guys. Alright. Alright, guys. Welcome back. Uh... Spending intense time on the planet, and you know this episode's dedicated to this thing that I feel is important, and that I feel personally like a lot of people do about this stuff. I'm going to talk about today before I introduce Josh, who's going to ask me the Q and A's. That, as he said, you know, you're. That's what you know people would want to know because, like I said, I have a tendency to just jump into shit. And I'm just going to say right now, this is going to be that, let me break it down for you kind of deal. And Josh is in the know about this shit. And so, uh, Hey Josh, how you doing, man? Hey,
1: what's going on? Yeah. So, um, you know, we talked about this previously after listening to some of the other episodes and I've heard you drop some references to things like Nibiru mm-hmm. and the Anunnaki and stuff like that. Yep. And probably not all the listeners. Are familiar with that, or might have a different take on it from their own research or whatever. So,
0: yeah, I thought it would be
1: interesting to try to take it from the top and give your uh, interpretation of it, and also how it fits into kind of current state of affairs. Because when we were talking about this previously, you were saying that you know not only are we in quarantine now, but we've always sort of been in quarantine. So that kind of seems to be where it all starts, at least for our edge of the universe here so
0: yep <clears throat> um, I, let me I'll just you know give you how about if I just break down the brief about the what that what I think the quarantine is and I'll just let you ask me whatever you want from that point and I'll try not to stray you guys because I'm definitely being uh, you know hoisted up by a headbanger which is the top shelf sativa that this episode is brought to you by by the way because if I don't smoke right now, <laughs> I'll lose my fucking mind. But, yeah, where have we been in quarantine this whole time? Uh, what I mean by that is the planet is located inside an asteroid belt. Have you seen these charts ever? You know there's this asteroid belt that we are inside of with our sun and the smaller planets, Mercury, Neptune, uh, Venus, and this, uh, asteroid belt is the Kuiper belt. It's three asteroid. It's just, it's three suns thick and on the outside of it's the gas planets and shit. But according to what I believe, you know, we're purposefully placed into this quarantine in space because I do believe in the creator of all. And I believe that Races on in the galaxy that are all out there, you know, they know about this one rule. I'm pretty sure we're on a top five list or whatever of places that you're not allowed to go in the galaxy. You can go anywhere you want, but you can't come to Earth. And I think all the races know it. And I think what happened was the creator set up these planets. Uh, Jupiter, Mars, Saturn, and Nibiru. Would have had these advanced spiritual civilizations on them ancient astronaut theory is what this ends up coming out to uh, which was a term that was developed by Zechariah Sitchin and I don't want to launch into Zechariah Sitchin guys but go look him up and go look up a book called the 12th planet and start there that's all I'm gonna say anyway according to what I understand (coughs) the You know, the creator would have put galactic cops basically on these planets to protect basically Earth and the two forms of man that were already on the Earth at that point. There would have been a civilized. uh, Well, there would have been a civilized man, and in the in the Bible, it's Job. And if you know the Book of Job, uh, he would have been of these original men that were already there. The Sethite Christian has this idea that all the people had been spawned from Adam and Eve. According to the Sumerian text, which is where I believe is the real story, it starts there where they are like these watchers and they're making sure that no one's crossing the Kuiper Belt. And they end up finding a reason to have a nuclear war on their own planet and basically to make a long story short they nuke themselves the core of the planet is where they breathe from it's gold they know there's gold on the other side of the asteroid belt and like some bad cops that have been in the news lately they go ahead and fucking misappropriate their authority
1: so these are these are the people who are these are
0: this is a species that's living where what what what's, that's Nibiru right Nibiru yeah yeah, it's okay. the planet of the crossing yeah. at that time in the age of Moses. If you would have seen this planet, it looked like a big old red cross in the sky, like the same as a the crucifix Jesus would have died in. On that's it. So, what what was the species like that lived on Nibiru? Uh I think you know maybe they at one point they appear to be. These high ranking spiritual, you know, cop officials that are there for the towards the betterment of the spirituality and uplifting of everyone. But I think what happens is they end up warring themselves and they find this kind of thing and we mock it in our DNA. Everything we're going through now happened to them then, when they nuked their own planet, and at the beginning of the Sumerian clay text of uh, 714 clay tablets of uh, Lord Anki, um, which is one of these characters in the Nebru dynasty. Uh, And he's the reason that we have spirit in us. And he's the one that kept this journal. And so in 2004 in Iraq, which is ancient Sumer, These ancient caves have been holding these texts with many groups of people watching out for these texts over thousands of years. And finally the U.S. comes in and infiltrates it and gets the text. They bring it back to Zechariah Sitchin. He translates it. Takes him five years. He has a heart attack. And when he comes to, he's talking about the Anunnaki to his peers. But this time he says... I prayed to the Anunnaki to reveal to me the truth about Jesus Christ. And his colleagues were like, huh? They've never heard this. And if anything, he's kept that name out of it and the whole thing out of it. And it's really just been about Nibiru's exploits, about getting gold, and how they engineered two teams to get gold. And that first, the first two teams would have been the Anunnaki and the Ajiji, and then the second group would have been the Adamic slaves. And that's us.
1: So the Adamic slaves are, from what my understanding is, they're engineered to get the gold at the behest of those other entities. Sort of like in, a, you know, in the movie Stargate, there's like the Egyptian gods. I mean, again, I'm just using a pop culture reference, right? But sure. that's maybe why that movie also uses... Uh, Iraq or whatever, Um, and of course they're they're calling it Egyptian gods or whatever, but it was basically the same sort of entities that were enslaving people to do the work to bring back gold for their atmosphere or for what?
0: Yeah, essentially, I, I think, you know, it starts with the nuclear war. They end up having to move from their own planet, which is the size of Jupiter. It's a brown dwarf star, and there's four moons around it. And only the royalty that's left out of hundreds of billions of people, you know, we got 8 billion here. They had like 100 billion people on that planet, easy. If not, double that or triple that. Uh, So, you know, they nuked their shit. And only the high elite, I called them the Trump elite, (laughs) and that's anew. And uh, he's the male representative of Nibiru, and he comes out and the women make the decision. They're the chief scientists of Nibiru. They're really the essentially the leaders, but they use the male representative to come out to tell everybody in the public what their decision is. And, at, you know, at first they didn't want to cross the Kuiper Belt. It, it, it took a revolt on their own planet and members of their own planet that were related to Anu. Uh, to actually get this whole thing rolling without, you know, launching into specific details or how that matches up in the Bible, but it does in the Christian Bible specifically and in the Torah. And the one book that connects to all three of the major spirit books, Islamic, the Hebrew, and the Christian Judaic is, uh, is the book of Job. It's the only book that's found in all three of them. And so that's your extension to understand that there was already a civilized society here on Earth before Nehru came down here and started their shit. And basically, you got to imagine these guys that were already here on the planet. They saw these guys camping up and building pyramids and shit. Imagine if you saw that and you knew they weren't uh, human. You be staying away from. And, uh, there um, was a little complication there, guys. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, what happened was, uh, or as far as I know, though, about the inhabitants on the planet Josh, was that there would have been this civilized society in the northern Africa ridge. And so when Nebru got here, they kind of made this loose pact that they weren't going to fuck with those guys. Even though whatever they did to the Adamic slaves, in the end, whenever they whenever they put the spirit in the Adamic slaves, it would have affected those civilized men. On a spiritual level, and the other two beings that I can test, you know, testify at least to have studied, <laughs> um, is uh, the Sasquatch, the Neanderthalic Sasquatch. This was a totally separate being, though, man. It really wasn't related to Job and those guys. It was like another indigenous man on the planet, but super underdeveloped, walking around naked, this fucking, you know, classic Bigfoot dude, you know, but he's super important coming up here in a second. And the third being that I would have known that would have been here wouldn't have been on the surface. It would have been inside basically the Hollow Earth, which I do believe Hollow Earth. Theory and I believe that there's another planet inside of our own planet, and I believe that that's where these uh, Alpha Draconian um, guys from the Draco system would have been squatting in our planet since the age of Atlantis. And that's
1: gotcha. And the Atlanteans were who? That was like the Jobian people, or
0: uh, yeah, I think Job. And his society basically are what is coming from, because you got that, the Thoth and the Emerald tablets and these legends that come from the age of Atlantis predate Nebru by, you know, a couple hundred thousand years even, or some shit like that. And, you know, people were on the look for Atlantis, but it's really on the land. It wasn't underwater. It's, on a grid line running through Northern Africa where oozes and all this other shit. It's a ley line. Um, but at that time, women would have been in charge of running the entire planet earth and they would have been root rooted out of Atlantis. And I'm pretty sure the, the planet was doing pretty fruitful and I'm not an expert on Atlantis, but from what i know loosely their dynasty is messed up from martians who are already dna manipulated which probably means that the watchers on mars got fucked with first and by the time there were watchers in the and nebru happens to probably aren't watchers on uh, on mars at that time because they would have already come here or whatever and mated with the women of atlantis Changed the alpha wave. Males became the uh, dominant species. Now we've broken that kind of, oh, what's the dominant species shit? And we've all become our own motherfucker. And that's what's cool about us. One of the things I didn't point out before was I thought, because of what these guys manipulating our DNA, there's upsides to that. And very cool likenesses of originality in now in the universe because of it and we're not perfect but you know i do believe that the story i'm telling you caused exactly the shit we're dealing with right now and it fits right in and these are actually components that are dealing with present-day shit as it's happening and uh i'll stop right there and i'll let you ask me another question
1: So to me, it's interesting, the term that, you know, Mars, right? Mars, Martian, marshall they all kind of have this warlike thing. Mm -hmm. Does that have anything to do with Marduk as well?
0: Yeah, and I believe Mars is renamed basically in the age of Marduk. And to give you an overview, guys, of who Marduk is, he's related to Anu. And he's the head of the Ajiji. And the breakdown is that it's like a pyramid itself. So the pyramid really is a a representation of the three groups. There's the top which uh, is the Nebrew High Council. The the middle part would be ran by Marduk and the Ajiji on Mars. And then the Anunnaki on Earth. So what they would do is basically the Anunnaki would mine for the gold on the earth, take it to the backside of the moon which they constructed they actually created that moon according to the mythology, and then they would had a they had bases on the backside of the moon, where they process the gold, and then the gold gets shipped from that point from the Anunnaki to the Ajiji. where Marduk uses pretty much old temples that are already on Mars, and that they the that the the land hovers fucking getting those. Photographs that Mar- NASA is not showing you, but you can see all these temples are burnt up where the Ajiji were when they were processing that gold. And finally, that gold would be processed into oxygen where they would take it to Nebru, And that was pretty much the step by step, you know, of what, how, how they did it and what they, how they did it, you know, where they took it and, and then processed it into oxygen and, and then took it back to Nehru. That was it. It was like this four-step thing. The Ajiji considered themselves to be the sons of God because of the royalty rights, and Marduk had a higher presence than the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki weren't related to anything. They were clones, but Marduk was actually blood. So he became the sons of God on Mars. You know. So when you read this in the Old Testament and it says the sons of God, that's who it's talking about is Marduk and the guys on Mars.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. so where does the idea of the genetic engineering and how that affects people and the way that people are thinking in our society comes into play?
0: Ask me that a different way, okay, so
1: how does this so first of all, we were genetically engineered you you say right but so I how does this directly, yeah. And then there was also the possibility of it happening several times, correct?
0: Yep, and I think it gets confusing because you got this one story that tells you about nebru engineering us. And then you got this story where, no, we were spawned out of this something of a dragon or a lizard or a snake in our origin, which is the Alpha Draconian. And both origins would have happened. But you have to look at the uh, decline of the Nibiru and Sumerian civilization, which was basically after this long-ass dynasty. I know you saw the uh, Prometheus. Yeah, where there's that kind of uh,
1: those big creatures and one of them dies and they drop that vial and it
0: creates a whole new form of life on a planet or something. That's correct. And Ridley Scott, he knows the story I'm telling you guys right now. And so what he did was the Anunnaki did become obsolete before we were engineered, and the way he does it is pretty smart because it's the engineered looking for the original engine the original clones who they believe are the engineers. And they're called the engineers because they do all the dirty work for the Nebrew High officials, but they're just clones of Nibiru high officials at the beginning. That's the Nibiru high official committee leaving in their spaceships. And then that big bald Anunnaki dick, you know, he fucking drinks the suicide potion and his, you know, he, he, he becomes one with the fucking environment basically, you know, um, that's how they did it though. They would have taken them to the far end of the universe when they became obsolete to have them kill themselves off. And Ridley Scott just used that to, as a device bit, to breed the xenobite alien, which was developed by H.R. Giger later, you know. But uh, here in in reality, you know, these guys would have actually been mining for gold. And they did become obsolete when they ran into the reptilians. And that was one of the things I also noticed was a lot of people who know the story as well they have a tendency to believe that the Nibiru are these reptilian shapeshifters, but they're not. They are—they're two different. There's even different Draco's because you have to look at the Draco constellation itself, and there's 450 billion planets in the tail of that dragon if you look at it, and they're just infiltrated with life. So you have to imagine there's reptilians of all kinds from all over the place, and. Not all of them are bad. Not all of them are for what these certain group here now that are running the show. Since Niviru got ran off the planet and the reptilians came and lifted the humans, which were in incubation under the ground. So by the time we observe them and shit, we think the lizard guys are our gods. So there's the second run. You got a first run, Nibiru. They end up having a nuclear war here. Right in Iraq. And fucking blow up, pretty much. The Earth is in a radiated stasis for a while before... <laughs> a couple thousand years even before the Alpha Draconian even come up and re-release the human hybrids that had been laid underground by Nibiru. Does that make sense? Sort of. I mean, my question is the
1: idea of like shapeshifters, right? Are these people who are actually because it sounds like all people would basically be engineered with some Nibiru or some of this alpha draconian, but are Mm -hmm. certain certain people more predisposed to being um, more influenced by the
0: alpha draconian thing or? I think so I think that exactly. well I think Alpha, Alpha Draconian they actually use magic and that was the difference between Neber Neber was just oh we got all this technology from god that wasn't magic that was like god knowledge, if you will but mm-hmm. what the uh, the Alpha Draconian they realize oh we get power off of eating Children and their pineal glands. And they also realized that to tenderize the child be- before they eat the kid is best served by scaring them to death. If that's not morbid enough. And I think that that's exactly what they do. They get power off this pineal gland. There's a white gold component in the blood. Because whenever. Nibiru would have engineered us finally after the Anunnaki become obsolete. You know, the women of Nebu are like, well, let's make these new slaves. But let's keep them mindless gold slaves. Let's not put any spirit or anything in them. And they would have been better off to have done that because we wouldn't be having the problems we are right now because we wouldn't know any better. And then, uh, and we'd still just be you know here well brain, how are you know brainless how are, we, yeah.
1: <laughs> how are we inundated with the spirit then because is that kind of like the the symbol of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil and how does that fit into the nibiru thing
0: um well Enki and Enlil are the brothers and the one brother Enlil he's like military dude you know and he does everything Anu says to the book but Enki He's artistic. And he he is the one who comes up with the bright idea. You know what? Let's not make them gold slaves, mindless gold slaves. We'll keep them gold slaves, but let's not make them mindless gold slaves. Let's put the spirit in them, into that DNA, and then they'll fear us once they see us and, you know, that was the one thing that the shapeshifters are both Nibiru and the Alpha Draco. They both can shapeshift. So they both have that power, and that's a similarity that they both have, but they're not the same creature. They're not from the same constellation or planet or anything close. They're enemies. You know, but at the time of engineering, Anki, you know, he sees that he's got a window of opportunity to stick that spirit gene in there. And so before the Bible calls them Adam and Eve, but that's not what they are. In the Sumerian text, they're called Adamu and Tiamat, and the woman is named after the planet that's missing. And they call her the shoulder of Tiamat. So
1: what is what is Tiamat as a planet? How does that fit, fit in? Is Tiamat
0: somehow related to Nibiru? Well, if you look at the Bible on the beginning, it says the Earth was in void. I honestly believe the Earth was really more of an indigenous planet before uh, the waters fell. And that's po- probably why a lot of this, you know, uh, land ends up underwater. Uh, because the waters from Tiamat would have been just floating around in this gigantic asteroid belt as gigantic ice chunks basically and you got to go back 4 billion years and there was no asteroid belt and technically right where we're at there would have been something in the range of 40 about 44 planets in just our solar system right now in our solar system wow 40 about 44 planets and there was an accident, and Neptune definitely was around 4 billion years ago, uh, just like it is now. But I'm pretty sure it was something about Neptune that went off track. And it basically causes this pinball effect where, you know, Nebru comes in, and it goes past a planet called Marduk, which is what the general Marduk is named after since... You know, we copy that, too, and the, and kids are named after Christian names and stuff. When they name their kids, it's after planets and constellations and celestial bodies. So Marduk is named after the actual planet that would have collided with, ironically, Tiamat. So when the, the Tiamat explodes, a third of it becomes the asteroid belt and starts picking up pieces over four billion years and thickens out in a gravitational ring.
1: That's the asteroid belt within our solar system, not the actual Kuiper belt.
0: No, it is the Kuiper belt. That's what I'm talking gotcha. about. Gotcha. So the
1: Kuiper, the the Kuiper, Kuiper belt. belt is the rubble of a lot of those planets. But mainly Tiamat.
0: Been.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: You know, not by now, because it's so thick, but somewhere in the density of there, you have to imagine there's still, the even the asteroid belt is teeming with life. Somewhere within it, those pieces of at, of Tiamat ended up evolving into this asteroid belt that's always going to be moving at this incredible fast speed. But, you know, Earth is definitely in, in quarantine. And like I said, the watchers were there to set to make sure that uh, we don't uh, fuck up and, you know, get fucked over by anybody else.
1: Gotcha. So, But that was all established after the destruction of Tiamat. After Tiamat. And so they had the okay. Was that quarantine Eve maybe to, to, to protect the inner planets? Huh? Because was that quarantine put in place to maybe protect the inner planets uh, just due to the fact that, uh, you know, that there was still viable life there and a lot of the other planets weren't really doing as well and just trying to make sure that there was some sort of preservation.
0: Well, I only have like a theory about that and it's a pretty wild theory, but my detective work encouraged the people that are listening to the show to think back to that time when you've heard this legend about Lucifer. And this was a angel that, you know, the creator loved man, this dearly. But you know, the creator had other babies too. <clears throat> and the one was a Sasquatch, okay? And Lucifer's fully aware about the Sasquatch. And he already knows Job and the modified man. That's what I keep calling them. But he knows the more modified, evolved man that's already there is a spiritual uh, group. That believes in God and knows God, and they're like the rest of the universe. They already know that the Creator's there. It's not this big religious thing, or what? You don't have to come. There's no religion there. It's just a not. It's kind of like me and you talking. You no, know I don't have to go to church to believe that I'm talking to you. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how the universe acts. It's just it knows that the Creator's there, but Lucifer's in charge of running. What well, I thought it was the universe, but you said it was eighty percent of our solar system, right?
1: That- I don't know what you're referring to. Maybe that was in our initial discussion. Well,
0: anyway, uh Lucifer. Oh,
1: oh, okay, you're you're referring to that thing I was talking about in the book of Urantia. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So basically it's just interesting because you've come to it from a different perspective, but in the Urantia book, yeah, there was uh The idea that this particular region was set up as a as a quarantine as well and that there is um, that there was kind of a Luciferian uh, force that I don't even think breached that quarantine zone, but was sort of given this. So it's a little it's a little different. But again, I'm not really 100 percent sure of the the book of Uranti because it's so huge, but I know that they believe that Christ was brought here to act as a redeemer to kind of bring us back to maybe what you're talking about too, which is like original knowledge of the creator instead of having to believe or having faith or any of those things. It's like actual experience of the creator.
0: And you know, that it is very parallel to what is in these new Sumerian texts that were received as opposed to the old cuneiforms, that were originally translated before the before the clay tablets were brought back and translated, like I said, in 2004 by, you know, 2005, dude set up and, like, already, like, working on the shit. And by 2009, he's done. And by 2010, the book comes out. So you got to imagine, this is only 10 years ago. Whatever information's in that one book, is only 10 years old. And then Zechariah Sitchin died after he translated it. He read it. And honestly, like I tried to say before, and I kind of just jumped into it, but in this text, it testifies that Jesus had already come once. And his name is Galzu. And he shows up in this specific text where he doesn't necessarily show up or if his name is dropped, it's not in the same referencing. But because Gao Zhu shows up as this kind of guy made of he's a guy made of light. I heard one guy call him an intergalactic Godzilla. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good because that was that's it. You know, he's a defender. But he came and he tricked Anki. I guess at one point, way past the Adamu and Tiamat, which I'll go back to in a, in a minute. But just briefly, what where this comes in is that everybody knows the story of Noah. You know, they got the ark, they build the ark. He tells Noah to build the ark. Well, in the Sumerian text, it goes differently. And his name's not Noah either. It's something I can never pronounce. And just a little interesting fact, according to the Sumerian text, the Sphinx is Noah. The Sphinx is Noah, guys. That's what I have learned. Anyway. So uh, wait, did, did Noah look like that? Or is,
1: no, is the Sphinx they, supposedly symbolic of
0: Noah? It's no. symbolic of this, you know. Um, they use the cat thing and all that stuff, right? You know, and he's like a cat. But you got to remember, like, before I tell you the Noah-Galzu connection... When they're, genetic, when they're originally working on the genetic uh, thing, these guys not only brought animals from their planet, but they brought animals from all over the galaxy that were compatible with Earth oxygen and that could be here on Earth and just looked like they were from Earth. And that includes rabbits are from Lepus. The cats are from Leo Minor and Leo Major. The pyramids are... Directly lined up where the dogs are from, in the Canis Minor. And then, uh, and then from their planet they brought from Nibiru directly. I always thought this was a part of a riddle, but it was the grizzly bear, the lion with the mane, uh, the donkey, and a, a couple other guys, but the sheep, the sheep are from Nibiru. And you know mm. that's so, what Jesus so, refers to us as, as so like, specifically sheep.
1: So the idea of the the constellations being named certain things also comes from the fact that the animals themselves may have originally come there. So like the mm. bear would come from Ursa, like Ursa Major Ursa Minor or whatever. So
0: you got to imagine that, the overwhelming component that was that made Noah special was probably the gene of the nebru maned lion. And so when they put him up, you know, they are showing you what's in his genes and what his main animal gene would have been. And, you know, a lot of these guys, according to how they make these five races inevitably, they use animal, they use up to 22 different animal DNAs to construct this specific fucking DNA that we're, so, you know, we're dealing with Animals from Earth, animals from all over the galaxy, we're dealing with Nibiru blood and DNA, and then eventually down the road, about 5,000 years after, Nibiru would have nuked the Earth, and during its cool-off period, the lizards would have, the Alpha Draconians would have come up from underground, and not since the age of Atlantis had they really been up here. And they knew about the humans, and they re-released them, and they became the new gods. And for the last, like, I don't know, 5,500 years, it's been basically with the lizards. And I don't think, like I said on that last episode, I don't think they were so pumped up to want to dominate the planet. But their offspring with the humans after, you know, uh, to create this new evil enemy. Draco thing. It's half human, half Draco. It wants to kill everything. That's the baby eater. That's the baby raper. I think the old lizards don't necessarily need or get off even, maybe even on it. You know, I think they got a totally different thing going on. But these new guys, they're the ones eating the uh, penile glands out of kids. And they're addicted to them. And it's black magic how they use it. And have so, to do this Let
1: shit. me let me roll let me roll back real quick. Go for One it, of the things you you were saying was pretty interesting to me because again, you know, I'm I don't want to say skeptical. I'm skeptical about skepticism. Even, I'd be right? skeptical but if you know,
0: I'd never heard this shit and I heard somebody don't believe me, well, dude. <laughs>
1: yeah, but so but but I've I've always been I've been interested in a lot of these things for a long time. So That's I went true. to the yeah. Ros- the Rosencrucian Museum in San Jose a long time ago, maybe ten years ago, and I saw two things that were really striking, and this was in the Babylonian, and I think that you and I had touched on this before, and we kind of opened a longer conversation about Babylonian, Sumerian, Assyrian, whatever, uh, but what was really striking to me was two different things. I saw this stela, uh, or stelae, that had all of these different things that were, there was these entities that were being dragged in a cart, or dragging carts full of bars of something, right? And some of them were animals, some of them were what looked like anthropomorphized animals. There was monkeys. And then there was these things with huge baby heads, kind of like hmm. in uh, John Carpenter's, what is it called? Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, or yeah. in that movie. Definitely, or in that yeah. movie Brazil. Uh-huh. With those huge, huge doll Terry faces. Terry Gilliam, yeah. And, and it, it, well, no, yeah, Terry Gilliam is the Big Trouble in Little China, but no, also in the No, John movie Carpenter
0: Brazil. is... is uh... oh, sorry,
1: yeah, yeah, that's what opposite, yeah. yeah. So Brazil... Also, in the dream sequences, though, there are these creatures with huge baby faces, right? That look like big Japanese masks. And then in Big Trouble in Little China, there's some sort of creatures with huge faces as well, right? Uh, But um, I think that it's really interesting when you were saying that there was a lot of admixture. So maybe these were the different experiments that were being done. On this planet by, you know, the, the people I, I, I'm not exactly sure which group of Nibiru people, but, you know, whatever group that was creating those uh, experiments. Right. And then they kind of have settled on what our race is after all these other different uh, examples of it. And the last one was the Black Stella of Humerabi. Hmm which to me was like, okay, you know, this guy's like writing language for the first time, but then you see this huge entity behind him dictating everything that is not human. It's, Really bizarre. I highly recommend people check that one out. I don't remember the Send name of Send me a the link to that, st- too, if you, if you remember. Yeah, absolutely. I don't remember the name of the other one, but I definitively remember the, the reproduction of the Black Stella of Kumarabi. I'll definitely like throw that up
0: on the Adamair podcast page on Facebook, y'all, so you can go check that out once you say that. Yeah,
1: one. so th- it's just interesting that you're talking about that, and then I want to let you get back into saying that you feel like even the Dracos have maybe not as much of a sadistic tendency as the old school ones. ones. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: I think the, you know, the new dynasty of these, you know, guys that are really trying to destroy us right now, it only really goes back 700 years, man. And I really don't even think that even as far back as the thirties and forties, that the Draco, that would have been the last of the old school guys. I think, and then the new bloods come out. And I think that's what JFK was trying to say, dude. I think he was getting ready to narc on these guys. And I think he knew about them, and that they were in the government, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they put Ruby on his ass, which turned into Oswald. And, you know, you got a dead president that can't fucking reveal the truth to you. But, you know, the first thing that he was saying before he got killed, which was totally key, y'all, was he refers to us as being in the universe. And not only that, but in his final in his New Frontier speech, and go back and listen to the New Frontier JFK speech, but he tells you that he's going to abolish these secret societies. And you know damn well that if you put those pieces together like I said they fit like fucking Lego blocks, you know. And it, you know, it would have been these guys trying to keep the shit quiet. And then so 62 by 1967, the last prophecy in the Holy Bible is fulfilled. So technically, mathematically, if you look at it, that's when the apocalypse started was in 1967. Because that was when the second uh, fall of the Temple of Jerusalem happened. And that's the only, that's the last prophecy in the Bible, dude. It says as soon as the Temple of Jerusalem falls twice, that'll be the end. Well, it's really indicating when these Alpha Draconians are going to go into play, basically. And at that point, you know, you still would have had all this time uh, for them to sit around and construct this way that they're going to do this final deviant global sweep, if you will. And as you can see... If we really, we got a choice as humans, and this is what's special about us again, because the Anunnaki and these Nebrew guys, they did stick this spirit in us. You know, people want to argue about this. I'm not here to argue about it. I'm here as someone who believes in it and is just coming from that point of view and that the defense of it is that, you know, this guy I work for, I call the creator of all. I've been working for him for a while. He told me all this shit that I'm sharing with you. And, you know, the parts about Galzu, And the importance of ISIS coming around to destroy any evidence of Galzu. And it's a hard one to talk about Galzoo. I put him, the detective work that I put together was because Anki put that spirit in us. And as soon as they created Adamu and Tiamat, they knew that, oh my God, Anki, you put the spirit in them. They didn't have to do anything. They just knew they were naked, and that's how they knew. They're like, you put the spirit in them, dude? They know they're naked. And well, I like, think
1: it's interesting also you know. the, the timeline you're talking about, and this is not me trying to make things uh, political. Because no, it's okay. I, you know, Go ahead, man. But, but it's, it's a, like maybe we can talk about the economic factor because around 700 years ago, was the rise of kind of colonialism and colonial capital, right? That's because, where that shit comes
0: it, from, is the intermingling of the species between I thought it was King Richard the Fourteenth wrote a parchment to his serfs and said, basically, hey, we just started doing intermingling with these lizard dicks, basically. We're gonna form this new society. And if you yeah, look because, at it, because... that's where the Thirteen Families spawned from, is that King Richard and Bush and, they, and all those they all, from They the all are the ones that line. you know
1: started all these big companies, right? Yep. The the trading companies and stuff. Because beforehand, it's not like it was good when there was a feudalism or monarchy and things like that. But where these things start becoming, you know, basic corporate raiders, which kind of sounds like a the idea of what you're talking about with you know us being enslaved here, right? And then right. there's different vi- vying factions for the same goals and then when you said 1967 I thought that was really interesting as well because it's about 10 years which I would say is a good ramp up period before the neoliberal economic system which again I think you know I don't want to overly talk about my own political you know beliefs but I'm I'm what you would call a liberal or left leaning person right most people who are into conspiracies aren't but I would say that this is one thing right wingers left wingers or any normal person recognizes is that the way globalization is right now is fucked. And all of these things have put this uh, new agenda, the, you know, like what George Bush said, the new world order, right? Mm -hmm. These people um, have created that system and it lines up almost exactly with what you're talking about there. And it just so happens that all of the people that, you know, people will often say are like the reptilians or whatever, are people who are the biggest uh, power holders in that agenda, right? So, you Mm -hmm. know, people talk about the Clintons, they talk about the Bushes, they talk about these other people. You know, you were telling me how you thought Trump was human still, unlike a lot of these other people, but he was just a dick. He's (laughs) he's just a shitty human, that's right. He's just a shitty human. But a lot of these other people that, you know, people will say, you know, are associated with the Pizzagate stuff or Mm -hmm. any of those things, Uh, It is striking to me as somebody who's a little, you know, on the fence about a lot of those things that they line up so uh, greatly. And even if they're considered a Republican or a Democrat, they line up with the people who have orchestrated that order, like Margaret Thatcher, Mm -hmm. um, Reagan, all those sort of people created the framework that we're seeing collapsing right now. We're currently seeing that you know, uh, people like Alex Jones will talk about globalism, blah, blah, blah. But to me, it's like, it is important to be global. And then it look at Alex
0: Jones, as, by the way. Did you see him shapeshift?
1: Uh, I, I didn't, but I did oh hear him God. say that he was willing to kill his neighbors and eat their flesh
0: well, for his children. That's about so as a lizard-ass dick as it gets. That's a lizard-dick so fucking thing to say.
1: That could kind of bring us to what we had talked about before, too, is that this idea that maybe some of the people who talk about this stuff yeah. are al- also, uh, you know, gi- giving hints about the fact that this thing exists because certain, certain of these kind of things can't really lie. Right. That's but right. they also are that. So you had mentioned that you had concerns about David Icke and mm-hmm. to me, A- Alex Jones talks about people being babies, e- baby eaters and stuff. And then he's talking about eating humans mm-hmm. himself So it's 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 uh, what I would say in classic conspiracy theory is controlled opposition. You set the general framework of what's acceptable and also you set the framework of what's not acceptable. So the aggrievement of, say, like Alex Jones or David Icke being kicked off of YouTube. Sure, YouTube could be a fucked up censorship platform. But at the same time, that. Uh, discontent of people who don't trust the main na- narrative, it funnels them all into believing all the other lies that these people are also going to be selling you with a grain of truth. Oh, they
0: make it easy, yeah.
1: Does that make any sense?
0: Fuck yeah! <laughs> that was well put, too, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I mean, you know, and if you guys didn't understand what Josh just said, just rewind it and listen to it again.
1: Yeah, basically... You know, there's nothing else just to fucking the- say about
0: it, I mean, you know... <laughs>
1: It's just really strange that people like Alex Jones will talk about how it's disgusting to eat humans and then he'll say he's going to eat humans.
0: Well, and you I know, think that was, mouth. the one thing I I wanted to share out there was and I dropped it in the super alien reveal episode with I was talking about the shapeshifter Elvis part. And I'm talking about how they initiate these guys into being shapeshifters. They're not born Draco. They're not even, like, from the royal family Draco, but they're superstars and the public loves them, and the Draco want to use these specific individuals uh, to convey, you know, their own fucking, you know, uh, agenda, and Elvis, I think Elvis probably would have been one of the first stars that they fucking did it to, and... You know, there's this footage out there floating around from the sky like I said, Mr. Happy's on YouTube. He likes to exploit the fuck out of the shape shifting Elvis footage. Go watch it. You can't unwatch it and it's freaky shit. But it's the testimony and he shows you where the other Alpha Dracos are that are hanging out with Elvis acting like his makeup crew. And uh and they see his faces going out and they block his face on television and then they Put some powder or whatever or some shit over his face until it comes back to normal. It's fucked up, man. I mean, he looks fuck. But, you know, what they do is they stick this. It's a tadpole creature thing or whatever that comes from the Alpha Draco system, whatever planet they're from. Alpha Draconis or whatever. And they fucking use this tadpole. And they stick it under the tongue. And it burrows its way under the tongue through the saliva gland and into c- cerebral cortex. And once it's in there, it integrates with the nervous system and it allows it to shapeshift. And that's how it works. And uh, that's what they're doing to these guys. Seinfeld, Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, Jay-Z, Beyonce. You know, Randy Quaid knew that about Jerry Seinfeld just off the grid. And... When Jerry Seinfeld made fun of uh, Randy Quaid after being illegally fucking ran out of his house after these draconians took his house in Hollywood and shit. Draco Jerry gets on Saturday Night Live and said, Well, we were going to do a five-minute skit, but instead we're just going to laugh at Randy Quaid. Just some mean-ass shit. And for five minutes, everybody just laughed. And then so Randy Quaid wrote this fucking response back and was like, And the human condition. And you can see the difference in these guys' attitudes. And it changes up after they fucking are... They become initiated into the lizard clan-chan. And fucking... You know, Randy Quaid cries for five minutes. You know, this... There's... That's a metaphor for us. Because Randy Quaid is us. And we're dealing with this enemy that looks like us but it's not us and now we can't tell necessarily who's fucks who and even if you could you still don't know which dracos are good guys and which ones are not and look i want to tell this to everybody you can't only not be racist on earth which is not permissible as you can see lately this shit ain't flying anymore dude okay but you can't be racist anywhere in the fucking universe, and you can't be so, racist so against so so Alpha Draconians.
1: So, so yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So you're gonna say that not necessarily all of the uh, Nibiru or Anunnaki or anything like that are evil too. They just all have different intentions. Yeah, but some of them They're have just like us created the same. Systems, So kind of like what you're talking about, even with the Alpha Dracos, like mm-hmm. they, all of these different races, there's going to be the same, um, the same models that we have. Right. But it's, it's because, you know, they're created beings as well that have the a duality of good and evil in them. But many of them are responsible for what we culturally know as types of good and evil. And I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. The thing you were saying about, the entity that they kind of like put into people. I've seen that tadpole e- thing. E- yeah, you. So you've seen Wrath of Khan, which is through the ear. Mm-hmm. There's also a Star Trek: The Next Generation episode where there's a, a species that they take over Starfleet by um, putting something in, in the mouth that goes to the base of the spinal column, and it seems yep. like there's a lot of. It's other, repeated uh, in a
0: few sci-fi's, to be honest.
1: Exactly. And, you know, over, this, and is over. Sort of, this is the sort of thing that's one of those things where, you know, I don't think it's predictive programming or something. It's where no. people are actually just getting HEP symbolically to the things that very well may exist that we're not, we don't have the science for or, you know, because maybe these things don't even work on our dimension, right? Because that's kind of the thing about the shape-shifting part, right? Is that these people might be normal people or there might be people who have bloodlines that are more inclined to be compatible with that sort of thing but when these things are shifting it's almost like turning on a tv set you know like so you have uh you have a person that has a tv receiver in the back of their head and then they can turn and tune into one draco or another or maybe uh like
0: remote control we just hit the Alpha Draco Nebrew dick bomb. <laughs> we're at the 55 minute mark. We got a few more minutes left. But, uh, yeah, that's correct, dude. You know, and, um, uh, I felt like, you know, one of the things that, because obviously we couldn't talk about everything, dude. You know? Yeah. Um, but the questions were really good. I'm going to have future episodes, one dealing with Marduk. And what happened with Marduk specifically, because that's a whole episode. And then I'm going to have one about Galzu and how I believe that was the first coming of Jesus. And then the last one I'm going to do is a 12-year-old kid went to India. And he's the one that found out and put it together that the Alpha Draconians had actually come from underground. And read it on the wall in India, which is where these the the second resurrect you know the second rise of the white you know Caucasian Aryan monstrosity that we are (laughs) was raised out of fucking you know would have been raised out of India, and that's going to be an episode because the Watchers that were on Jupiter, those guys are called A S. 163s according to the Russian Black Book of Aliens but those guys are watchers they're the Jupiter watchers and they saw the Alpha Draconian raising the the white guy who had already caused all this trouble already dude way before all this shit and was already causing trouble and when they saw the lizards were raising the, the honkies out of the Indian desert, that's when all the shit fucking hit the fan. I'm going to save that as an episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, that opens up the idea of the Hollow Earth, the Nazis with the flying saucer projects. That's I mean, I all
0: Marduk. That's Marduk and Aleister Crawley, believe it or not, working, exactly, the, working the black alongside system. with Hitler.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that there's a, a lot of wealth of information we can get into with those as well. And I, yeah, I think that in it's so much first, guys. It's just first take of this we kind of talked about how you were saying that certain, you know, a certain entity wept when they saw the first white person because they thought it was so abhorrent. And again, you're a white guy. You're not saying that, you know, but you're It's just a little that miss it was,
0: it's a little messed up. That's not necessarily what I was saying, but I'm going to save it and I know where you were at and I'll save yeah. it. And we got three episodes coming up guys. I'm going to spread them out because there's so much shit going on. And Josh, I'd love to have you back specifically for those three uh, uh, episodes that definitely need to uh, really need to be covered. I feel like right now at this particular time period and uh, out there, guys, I just want to thank you, Josh. And thank you guys for joining me. I know this is a lot, a lot to take in, especially now with ground level problems being like way more realistic than any of the shit that I'm talking about. But I, I encourage you to take the time and, and consider the, hypothetically that it's the same story. There is no difference in what I'm talking about and all these bad things that have been happening here, which have been incurring and, and a revolution, which is encouraging growth. And I believe in humans. And I believe in you guys out there, man. And I believe we can get together, and we can fucking do this shit, dude. I love you, Josh, man. Thanks for. I'm glad we finally pulled this motherfucker off three times later, huh? <laughs> it was sometimes great, you though.
1: got. Sometimes you got to pull it off three times.
0: <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs>
1: I'll I'll leave it on that note. All right, and I think that again, I think this is a, a good overview for a lot of people like myself who either know very little and don't have a way of connecting a lot of these things, or for people who are just kind of wondering what the fuck are you talking about when you're talking about the reptile fucks or whatever, and haven't really done any research or maybe just have written it off. So I think well, that when you guys definitely go makes back it a lot and, more coherent.
0: Yep, me too. And when you guys go back and study this shit, if you choose to, a lot of the stuff will help you fall into play. I got to go. It's running out. And I love you. All right. Bye. Bye, man. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thank you, Josh. Hmm. We're evolving in the universe. You know, maybe these Nibiru dicks and lizard fucks have been dicking us around and fucking us and doing all this shit to us. But you know what? Nibiru fucked up. They put the spirit in us, baby. And you know what that means? That means we are our own motherfuckers right now. And you know what? We don't need to be dicks about it. But nobody else in the universe is like us because of this shit. And that's fucking awesome. And we're the only ones like us. We're the only ones that can do what we do, guys. And if you're fucking feeling that, man, embrace that and be well and join me again on another fucking holy fuck episode. (laughs) Be well, guys. You're listening to Adamair MDGED Underground Cartoon Therapy.
1: And we stand today on the edge of a new frontier. The frontier of the 1960s the frontier of unknown opportunities and perils, the frontier of unfilled hopes and unfilled threats. Beyond that frontier are uncharted areas of science and space, unsolved problems of peace and war, unconquered province of ignorance and prejudice, unanswered questions of poverty and surplus. I'm asking each of you, to be pioneers towards that new frontier.